Hey, of all the things you've got going on today, thank you for taking time out of your day to spend it with us. Welcome to The Quest. It's always good to be together, especially if you happen to be checking us out. If you're checking us out, I just want to say thank you for being with us. So listen, we're going to open up with a word of prayer. So if you can, you want to close your eyes, that's great. If not, let's just pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you and thank you so much for this day. Thank you for our time together. Thank you for your word. Thank you for strengthening our hearts, for, for your word giving us faith as we listen to it and as we read it. Father, I lift up each person that's listening today, each person that's watching, and I ask that you would touch them. I ask that you would help them and encourage them and strengthen them in just the way that they need you. Father, today we put our faith in you. Father, today we put our hope in you. And I ask, Father, that you would just help each one of us in the unique circumstances that we're in to hold on to you, to look to you, so that we can have the strength and faith that we need for the challenges that we face. Father, today, just speak into our hearts. I ask that you would speak deeply into our lives because as we deal with questions, Father, the questions aren't easy and they hurt. And we need to hear the truth. And so I ask that you would allow us to do that. Father, help us not to be offended and help us not to keep your word at a distance from us. We love you. Speak into our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Listen, we're in a series that we've entitled, Just Simply Ask. And the reason that we've entitled it is because we all have questions. Questions are important. Questions help us discover God, help us to grow in our faith with God, help us to grow as Christ followers. The challenge is when we don't ask the questions that we have, a lot of times what happens is those questions turn into doubts. So if you have any questions that you might be holding on to or you might be dealing with, I'm not the Bible answer man, but I'd love to help you in any way that I can. All you have to do is email it, davidfaithisaquest.com, and I will respond to you and get back to you. Also, all the questions that are asked will be kept anonymous. So something that we've said in this series is that the church should be a safe place to ask questions. In other words, there shouldn't be any judgment attached to our questions. We shouldn't feel belittled. In fact, something else that you can write down is this. The church should be a place that seeks the truth. It's not about just coming to hear about the truth. We should be people that actively, personally seek the truth. Our questions fuel us to discover the truth to discover God, to discover what faith looks like in our lives. It's not about having all the answers. It's understanding that when we find the truth, we find Jesus. If you remember, the disciple Thomas was known for his questions. And I want you to listen to this dialogue between doubting Thomas and Jesus. It goes like this. Thomas said, we have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. When we're looking for the truth, what we find is Jesus, because he is not just the way, he's the truth and the life. So the question I want to look at today is a tough one, and it's this, how do I forgive difficult people? This is something that all of us deal with because life is full of difficult people. People that are abusive, people that are hurtful, how do we forgive them? Listen, I understand that this is a delicate and difficult subject, but more importantly than me understanding, God understands that this is a difficult subject as well. So if you're dealing with something pertaining to this, I want you to know that God is patient with you, but I also want you to know that God is intentional with you. He wants you to know this. He wants you to live this. And he is there to walk you 
through this. See, we don't want the difficulty of this subject to keep us from discovering and experiencing the healing that we need. See, forgiveness is formed in how we love. We'll never forgive anyone that we refuse to love. When asked what's the most important command, Jesus said it this way, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and all of your strength. The second is equally important, and that is to love your neighbor as yourself. We all have heard that many, many times. We all know that. But when it comes to difficult people, these are people that happen to be our neighbors as well. See, as we learn to love God, it changes how we think about others. It changes what we keep from others. So what is necessary is that we love God completely and love others intentionally. That's what Jesus is saying is our greatest priorities are loving God and loving others. But it's way more than a priority list. In fact, something you can write down is this. How we love is key to how we live. God and others can't be a priority in our lives without love in our lives. How we love will determine the place God and others have in our lives. In other words, are we sold out to love? Are we surrendered to the process of love? And if we are, then we need to understand what love looks like. It's laid out for us in 1 Corinthians and it says it this way. It says, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, and it always perseveres. So just a few things I want to remind us about this love that God says is essential in our lives. This love that God creates in our lives, this love is different. First of all, this love doesn't come naturally. This love that God says is necessary is not the easy route that we can take. This love is a supernatural or spiritual expression of God in our lives. In other words, we can't love like this without God. And our response is only spiritual when we're led by the Spirit as we engage even difficult people. This love is also different because this love responds to the image of God in others. In other words, it doesn't react to the offenses or the actions of others. It responds to the image of God within others. Because everyone is made in God's image. That means that we it changes how we look at others. And one more way that this love is different is because this love is not based on our emotions. See, our emotions should never restrict the expression of God's love from our lives to others. We don't live a life that's led by emotions. We live a life that's led by the Spirit of God. We live a life that's led by obedience and surrender to God. See, God's love has to be greater than our emotions. God's love for us has to shape the emotions within us. See, if God's love doesn't shape our emotions, then our emotions will shape and change God's love. And that's an important issue to look at, especially considering the topic that we're talking about, forgiving difficult people. 1 Corinthians 13 that we just read tells us this, that love keeps no record of wrongs. Other translations say love keeps no records of being wronged. We like to keep records because keeping score gives us ammunition for the future, just in case it happens again. We live in a world with people that cause hurts. 
And so something you might want to write down is this. Being hurt is an event, but how we respond to the hurt is a choice. Hurts and offenses happen in life, but they don't have to define your life. The sad thing is so many people allow hurts to define them, and then they carry them for years, sometimes all through their life. For many people, we feel like we don't have what it takes to forgive those who have hurt us or wronged us. But an important feeling for your notes is this. Learning to forgive has nothing to do with how you feel. See, we tend to make forgiveness an emotional issue. How we feel about the person, how we feel about what they've done to us, how they made us feel, how we've processed this hurt. And something else you can write down is this. Learning to forgive is a spiritual discipline. It's something we continually practice. I say it's a discipline because it connects us to God. Jesus said this, he says, when you're praying, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. See, we can't live in forgiveness if we refuse to extend forgiveness to others. Forgiveness is not something we do because we feel like it. Forgiveness is something that we do because we've been forgiven. So when it comes to being hurt, we have to take our emotions out of it if we're going to make it through it. It might be better to say we have to deal with our emotions if we're going to get past it. In Ephesians, it says this, Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Listen, though we are created as emotional beings, we still have to keep our emotions in check. And the Spirit of God within us enables us to live a self-controlled life. We don't have to be led by our emotions. Second Timothy, that's what he says. He says, For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and self-control. You have that power. When God's Spirit lives within us, you have that power. So many people choose to live offended and hurt rather than choosing to live in forgiveness. And I think it's because we don't understand forgiveness. In order to understand what forgiveness really means, then let's look at what it doesn't mean. A couple of things forgiveness is not, and you can write this down, is this. Forgiveness is not forgetting what has been done. It's not forgetting what's been done to us. It's not pretending that the offense didn't happen. It's not sweeping it under the rug. It's not saying that, hey, you weren't wrong. It's not about being a doormat. Forgiving doesn't mean that you let others keep hurting you. To forgive is to create boundaries and rebuild trust. To trust God with the retaliation and not take retaliation into your own hands. Also, forgiveness is not fair. In other words, it's not natural. It's natural to strike back. It's natural to hold a grudge. It's natural to make others pay for what they've done to us. It's, it's not natural to forgive. We often say that we want fair, but thank God he wasn't fair with us, right? Otherwise, we would get what we deserve. That's fair. Scripture reminds us of this. It says, He, God, does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. That's what mercy looks like. Forgiving simply means this, you can write it down, refusing to seek revenge, to not pay back what has been done to me, 
to not want others to experience the same pain that they've inflicted on me. Forgiving also simply means refusing to be consumed by the hurt. The hurt or the offense was an event. It was something that happened to us, but we don't have to be defined by the event or imprisoned by it. Forgiving also simply means this, giving others what God has given me. God has given us grace, what we need but we didn't deserve. His love and His forgiveness. Colossians says this, Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. I don't want you to miss that. Listen, forgiveness is not just a good idea. It's a must in our lives, especially as Christ followers. As I said earlier, hurts caused by others are real and they're painful. And people can carry them their whole lives. But the good news is, is that healing is available for the hurting. Listen, if you're carrying the hurt of what someone has said about you or done to you in the past, rather than trying to get past it, what we need to do is seek to be healed from it. God can heal the hurts in your life. Psalms 147 says it this way. It says that He, God, heals the brokenhearted and bandages up their wounds. I want you to hear that because way too many people choose to live with the pain of being offended and hurt. We tend to hold on to the hurt as if it's our lot in life. The hurt is so deep, the anger is so strong that there seems to be no resolve. And so what happens when we hold on to the hurt? It prevents us from experiencing the healing that we need. The process of healing will absolutely require God. It may also include counseling. It may also include time. It may also include faith for sure. But the objective is not to try to make sense of the offense that's been done to us. That's where a lot of people tend to get derailed. They want to make sense of it. Our objective is to let go of the offense and hold on to God. Once Jesus was talking to his disciples, he was trying to help them understand that they're going to get hurt in life. They're going to experience hurt. They would be disappointed. They might even be betrayed by somebody that they were close to. And this is what Jesus said to his disciples. He said, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. So watch yourself. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. In other words, what they were saying is we need more faith to forgive. From that passage, I don't know what stood out to you. I know what stood out to me. And that was the statement that Jesus says, if they repent, forgive them. Because that's what I want to hear. If they don't repent, then I don't have to forgive them. The truth is, we have no choice. As Christians, you can write this down, we are to forgive as we've been forgiven. When we stepped into relationship with Jesus, when we surrendered our lives to Jesus, Jesus forgave us of all of our sins. He forgave us of all of the offenses that we've done to Him. And then as we identify with Christ, what happens is we begin to take on His values. We begin to live like He lives. Again, in Colossians, it says this, make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Also, as Christians, we can't live in God's forgiveness if we don't live with extended forgiveness. 
You may know the Lord's Prayer or at least heard it. The one that says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Then get ready and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. A little later on it says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. As a Christian, you know what it means to be forgiven. Grace, mercy, another chance. We've all been forgiven for lying and stealing and cheating, lusting, betraying, and hurting others. See, God's forgiveness is the gospel. The gospel means good news. And the good news is you and I are forgiven. And the heart of the gospel, the heart of God, you can write this down. The heart of the gospel and the lives that it touches is forgiveness. The gospel isn't just receiving forgiveness, but also giving forgiveness. Forgiveness doesn't just flow to us, it flows through us. So how is the flow of forgiveness through you to difficult people? To your boss that might abuse you, that it takes advantage of you. Maybe your ex, maybe your enemy, maybe people that have hurt you long ago. Listen, why does God want you to forgive? Is it just to make our lives miserable? It's simple. God wants us to forgive because God loves us. God wants you to forgive because God loves you. See, God doesn't ask you to forgive to heal the other person. God asks you to forgive so that you can be healed and you can be set free. So listen, when we forgive, that's when healing begins. Listen, forgiving the big stuff is not easy, and that's why the disciples said to Jesus, increase our faith. It's easy to be bitter. It's easy to be offended, but it takes faith to forgive. Faith means this. I may not feel like it. I may not like it. I may not even want to. But I believe that God is with me and that he has a purpose for me. And I choose God over my desire to retaliate. So faith to forgive means this you write down. Faith enables me to choose healing when my flesh wants to choose to be offended. I'm choosing to let the hurt go when everything in me wants to hold on to it. Again, it's when we forgive that the healing begins. So how do we forgive? Just a few quick points. First way is this. We got to receive God's forgiveness ourselves. We can't give what we do not possess. All of us need God's forgiveness because we've all sinned against God. And we need to live in God's forgiveness. We've hurt God. We've betrayed God. We have to come to terms with the hurt that we have caused. Or the guilt that we carry will get transferred to others. We will look at others through the guilt that we have towards God. I love what Psalms 32 says. It says it this way. I said to myself, I will confess my sins to the Lord. And you forgave me and all the guilt was gone. Don't let the hurt that others have caused keep you from the grace that others need. Another way that we forgive is this. You write down, recognize that everyone's imperfect. I mean, that's usually an easy one to do. But a lot of times, our hurts from others cause us to look down at others. The truth is, for all of us, our human nature, our sinful nature, will lead us to act selfishly. And that selfishness is an expression that then minimizes others and dis disregards others. Ecclesiastes says it this way, There is not a single person in all the earth who is always good 
and never sins. We're all born sinners. We all need forgiveness. We're all imperfect. What happens is when we're hurt, we tend to hold others to a standard that we can't even live up to. We tend to hold others to a standard that they should know better or that they should have allowed it. But we're all imperfect. Another way that we forgive is this. We relinquish our right to revenge. It's not that you have a right, but you have a choice. We have to release the desire to take revenge, to make them pay, to get them back, to want them to feel what they have caused us to feel. Romans says it this way, never avenge yourself, leave that to God. For he said that he will repay those who deserve it. So we have to get to the place where we say, I give up my right to get even with others, even though they might deserve it. Another way that we forgive is this. We respond to the hurt with love and prayer. Do you know that hurts can actually help you love better? Because when we're hurt, we know what other people need. The hurts in our lives that we've experienced allow us to recognize what other people need when, when they're hurt. And I've said it a thousand times, but hurt people hurt people. And healed people heal people. I want to encourage you to allow the hurts of your lives to shape the prayer of your life. Respond to this negative event with positive expression of love. Luke 6 says this way, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who mistreat you. And something else that you can write down I think is important is this, when the worst is done to you, allow it to bring out God in you. Don't hide behind the hurt. Don't sweep the hurt under the carpet. Allow the hurt to bring out God in you. Because God in you is greater than the offense that's been done to you. I'd love for you to close your eyes. If you can, I want to pray with you. Listen, we all need to learn how to live in this forgiveness with difficult people because we all experience it. It's so easy to talk to everybody about it because we want to feel justified with our emotions. We want to feel justified by how we feel and the anger and the resentment that we carry. And we've got to let that stuff go. Truth is, we've got to stop talking to others about this event in our lives and start talking to God about it and releasing it to God. And so I just want to encourage you right now as we pray that you would release the hurts in your life, the offenses that have been done to you, release them to God. And if you're listening and you don't have this relationship, you need to experience God's forgiveness today. So I want to encourage you to ask God to come into your life, surrender your life, and ask Him to forgive you that you can experience new life that you can then give to others. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you. And I thank you for each person that's listening. And those that want to begin this relationship with you need to experience your forgiveness. The offenses that they've done in their lives, the things that, the hurts that they've caused you even, the, the betrayal, the way that they have lived their lives to please themselves rather than surrendering themselves to you. I ask that you would forgive us and that you would wash us clean. May we experience your forgiveness anew and fresh in our lives so that we can have a reservoir of forgiveness to give to others, that you would fill us with life that we could then hand over to others. Father, for all of us, I ask that you would help us to learn to live in forgiveness with these 
people that have hurt us in our past and help us not to live with resentment. Help us not to learn to live with the pain. But Father, help us to experience your healing. Help us to let go of the offense and help us to hold on to you. Father, we need you in a very desperate way. And even in the world that we live in with the anger that's going on, we need to live in this forgiveness with others. So Father, I just ask that you would help us in that, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, I just want to encourage you because it doesn't come naturally, but we desperately need it. So I want you to go over this talk again if you need to, maybe go over your notes, but allow it to become a part of the fiber of your life and allow the expression of your life to be the forgiveness that you've experienced from God himself. Listen, thank you guys so much for being with us today. And thank you again for making us a part of your day. I want to encourage you that when difficulties come, when difficult people come, when offenses come, man, live in forgiveness with God. Have a great rest of your week. God's best to you. Bye-bye.